This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. The creators of Wagertainment. We bring you none of the hot take BS. We bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it. Please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just going to go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It is a terrific football Tuesday. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. It is You Better You Bet, and it is you here on the BetQL Network, where we'll be simulcast for the next couple hours by our friends at Stadium. The people watching us on Stadium right now, you are sincerely appreciated. And we'll be bringing you two hours of badass wagertainment to get you set to bet and win this week on the National Football League. We'll also get you set for the fantasy football playoffs coming up in just a month. Playoffs with our pal Jamie Eisenberg, lead fantasy football analyst for CBS Sports. Also joining us this hour will be former NFL linebacker, Super Bowl champion, our BetQL Network teammate, former Broncos linebacker, Brandon Marshall, who you can catch every Sunday, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, inside the betting lines with the Candy Man, Adam Candy. Like live betting all the games on the NFL slate. Brandon Marshall stops by in 20 minutes. Next hour, Pro Football Hall of Famer and Pete Prisco's best friend. I actually mean that seriously. I'm pretty sure they're like best friends. Tony Baselli will join us. Westwood One NFL analyst, Duck Jaguars and Ravens on Sunday night, and the rest of the games on the slate, Week 15 in the NFL. And Ken and I will finish our handicap of all the games coming up this week including Tommy DeVito and the New York Giants visiting Derek Carr in the New Orleans Saints, where I'll ask the question when we talk about the game, and I'm being like at least 49% serious. Who's got the better quarterback in the game? The Giants with Tommy DeVito or the Saints with Derek Carr? We'll get to all of this as we move along, plus all our bets for tonight in the Power Hour final hour of the show. But joining us right now, as promised, is our friend Jamie Eisenberg, a lead fantasy football analyst for CBS Sports and one of the hosts of Fantasy Football Today uh, and the CBS Sports Fantasy Football Podcast on Twitter at Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie and I, by the way, are on a collision course to potentially meet in the second round of a dynasty league that we are in, and I very much look forward to that. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. Uh, happy week 15 in the NFL to you and yours. And uh, for this, like once like the next couple weeks are over, Jamie gets to kick his feet up basically until next September doing fantasy football content. I bet it feels pretty good. It's getting close, Nick. It's getting close. Uh, I can't wait for uh, a little time off. But, you know, it's good to uh, be in the fantasy playoffs. Good to talk to you guys. And uh, I do hope that we have that collision course and we meet for uh, a second round. It would be nice if we're meeting for a championship. So, you know, who knows how uh, things may unfold. 
Jamie, we uh, we started the show by talking about just how both Nick and I watched the the Dolphins Titans game last night and kind of like consumed it when when Tyreek Hill got hurt. Like I have a ton of money on him to win Offensive Player of the Year. Like Nick's got seventeen fantasy matchups going. Like people bet props last night. Uh, you know, are, are sweating. Like, is he going to come back and is he going to be effective? Did you have like a similar situation? Like as a fantasy analyst, like a guy who plays a lot of fantasy football, like were you sweating the Tyreek Hill situation? I feel like as heavily as the rest of us were. Um, you know, and, and, and the league that Nick references, I, I have uh, Tyreek Hill and I was competing for the one seed. And, you know, when he goes down, it's like, okay, there you go. <laughs> you forget that, that matchup. Cause it was back and forth. I think I was trailing actually um, against one of my colleagues, Chris Towers, but uh, in another league where I'm playing against another fantasy analyst, uh, he had Romeo Dobbs and I had, uh, I had Tyreek Hill and it was, you know, back and forth. And, you know, thankfully Tyreek came back in and got a couple catches, but anytime you see a player like that go down, especially, after losing Justin Jefferson and then Jefferson coming back and then he gets hurt and then Isaiah Pacheco, you know, another guy who's been, you know, almost uh, on, on a superstar level going down. You know, this is the worst time of year when you have injuries. You know, in the middle of the season, you know, you can somewhat manage it. But, you know, all the great players for the most part are taken. Trade deadlines have passed. It's hard to find a guy on waivers that's going to help you in, in your fantasy league. And so you lose a Tyreek Hill. It not only crushes him, clearly in the manager that has him, Tua Tungavailoa, as we saw last night, basically cratered as well. So that entire offense just revolves around Tyreek Hill, and he's certainly been – just an amazing player and, and, and smart by you to put all the money on, on him for their offensive player of the year because it'd be shocking if he did not win it. Well, like, exhibit A of this is uh, like, oh, you mean like it wasn't a great idea for me to start on Travian Wicks when Christian Watson got hurt? Just like, what, what am I supposed to do at this point? Like, it kind of is what it is. So, Jamie, uh, it's Tuesday, right? And uh, most leagues, and some leagues do it on Wednesday, will have kind of like the waiver wire. Um, people are going to put all their claims in, right, for the fantasy playoffs, whether it's based on claims or whether it's uh, like in the order or whatever or FOB. Uh, who are some of the players, Jamie? And we'll get into individual matchups this weekend, some games that you might like, potential bonanza games, tip of the cap to our guy Adam Azer. But who are some pickups that you think would be beneficial for our listeners and viewers still alive in the fantasy playoffs? Well, I mean, you know, you're, you're following injuries. So Ty Chandler is, is the most logical one to pick up if Alexander Madison is dealing with any semblance of a high ankle sprain, but even a low ankle sprain where it might knock him out for this week. You know, that, that sets the stage for him to get probably 20-plus touches. You know, he had 15 touches in the game against the Raiders with Madison starting that game. So they're going to lean on him. And this is an offense that's clearly evolving right now because of the quarterback change and Jefferson coming back and, you know, hopefully he'll play this week. So there's a lot of moving parts here. And I think Matt, um, Madison's injury opens the door for Chandler to – you know, maybe be four to five catches and, and, and certainly, you know, 15 carries, and, and that's hard to find. It's a pretty good matchup against the Bengals as well. Uh, it depends on the size of your league. Obviously, you know, you're in a league, you know, we talk about this all the time, you know, when you text me about uh, trying to find some of these, you know, deeper league options, you know, for people that could still pick up an Odell Beckham or, or an Isaiah Likely. Uh, those are two, you know, great options right now with the matchup against Jacksonville and certainly the way that Lamar Jackson looks. So if you can find those two guys available, I'd go look for them. Uh, in some of those deeper leagues, you know, the Josh Jacobs injury opens the door for maybe Zamir White or Amir Abdullah to get an opportunity to step in and, and, and at least get touches. I would lean probably more toward Abdullah just based on his role in the passing game. But it could be ugly. But, again, you're just hoping for touches at this point. So there, there's, you know, a, a variety of, you know, running backs that run the gamut of, you know, from Kareem Hunt potentially if Jerome Ford is out. You know, he's, he's rostered in about 80% of the leagues on CBS Sports. Uh, to a guy, like I said, like Amir Abdullah. The wide receivers, you know, Odell Beckham down to uh, uh, Wondell Robinson, who looked pretty good last night with Tommy DeVito, you know. So a lot of people looking for quarterbacks. Uh, Joe Flacco looks pretty good, back-to-back games with 20-plus points. Um, Tommy DeVito in a super flex league, uh, you know, and then you might be a little bit desperate with the Nick Mullins and the Easton Sticks of the world, but that's where a lot of fantasy managers are right now. 
Jamie, if we look at, I mean, you did a little bit on Thursday's game there with like Josh Jacobs and what happens there with that injury on Saturday, it seemed, I, I think we have the potential to have a couple high scoring game. Maybe all three games actually have the potential to be high scoring, but some uncertainty at the quarterback position. Some of these offenses haven't looked great recently. Like the lions are kind of, I think like an interesting crossover team, right? With like gambling and fantasy, like <laughs> if betters have been betting on the lions recently, like it has not gone particularly well in a bunch of these games, even the game they went against the saints, they like blow a huge lead in that game. And the offense has been really hot, cold. And there's a lot of stuff about, well, Joe and Jared Goff plays outside. You know, it doesn't go very well. But all of that's kind of done because they're about to play a bunch of games either at home or indoors. Like, do you see the Lions offense kind of like taking off here? Do you I mean, do you make fantasy decisions based on like home road splits? Is that like a big thing for you? Like, what about the Lions this week against Denver and the idea of like the Lions offense going forward? Yeah, you, you, you definitely look at that, especially with guys that have trends. You know, Jared Goff in colder weather hasn't been as uh, performing as well. Uh, his numbers on the road since he's been in Detroit have not been as successful. So uh, you, for, you absolutely look at those situations. And, and this is a really interesting game because the Broncos defense has been fantastic, you know, for the last six weeks. Uh, they've really been great against opposing quarterbacks. And it's going to be, I think, tough for Goff if that offensive line continues to let him down. Injuries have been a big part of that. But when he's not been protected, he has not put up the type of numbers that we saw earlier this season when the offensive line was fully intact. So you would have said to me week four, week five, you know, Jared Goff in week 15 at home against Denver. That's a slam dunk potential top five guy. Now he's barely in the top 12, and that you know, kind of speaks to, I think, just the struggles that we've seen lately. And even when he's had some good fantasy days, you know, you referenced the, the Saints game and, and, and even go back to the Packers game on, on Thanksgiving, both indoor games, he didn't put up the type of numbers that you thought because of turnovers. And so he's, he's been a little turnover prone, taking too many hits. Uh, but there is a, a, a decent bounce back spot here because I think, you know, this is the type of game where Dan Campbell, I think, can sort of rally the troops and say, we got to get things going a little bit. You got the Vikings. We're looking over our shoulder right now. Uh, we may not have the, the division locked up like we thought, and the Packers are still certainly in the mix as well. So they got to win this game, and I think that they will. This could be a little bit of a trap game for the Broncos as well. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken. Terrific football Tuesday, getting you set for the fantasy football playoffs and to bet props and over-unders this weekend with our friend Jamie Eisenberg from CBS Sports, lead fantasy football analyst on Twitter, at Jamie Eisenberg. Jamie, let's go back to the Dolphins here for a second. And in case you missed it, because like it came down like pretty recently, Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel saying that Tyreek Hill is day-to-day with an ankle injury, likely putting him on track to play on Sunday as the Dolphins host the New York Jets. But the Dolphins are a team, obviously, where you start a ton of players from their offense with Tua, the two running backs, the two receivers, obviously. Bad offensive output last night. I know Tyreek doesn't play for a lot of the game, but I mean, they really had 13 points before. Like, the Titans gifted them two touchdowns at the end of the game with two bad turnovers up against this Jets defense, and you got to think they're coming into this game hot after what happened last week against Houston and maybe ready to go. Um, Thoughts on the Dolphins' offense, and they're a nine-point favorite coming up on Sunday against the Jets. You know, they they struggled with the Jets a little bit on on Black Friday, and you know, you you referenced the, the the gift that the Titans gave them, remember, it was the, the Hail Mary touchdown at the end of the half that, that kind of set that game you know, on its head a little bit for the, for the Jets. They played much better with Zach Wilson. Uh, I think the loss of Connor Williams, their center, who just suffered a torn ACL last night, is going to be huge because this offensive line was bad last night. It looked a little bit suspect the last couple of weeks as they keep losing guys. You know? So it's not just a matter of the starters going down. The depth is certainly tested right now. And now you got Quentin Williams in that defensive group you know, looking at Tua Tagovailoa, who we know, uh, is not the most mobile of guys. So uh, this is where Mike McDaniel's going to have to earn his money and be a little bit creative. You know, unfortunately, I think the, the Jets' offense will get a little bit stagnant by comparison to where it was last week because the Texans' defense not at the same level as the Dolphins' defense when they're both playing at their best. But the, the Jets are going to get in the game. Um, Tua, I think, is going to struggle. He's not a top-12 quarterback for me this week, which sucks because, you know, you'd like to have a player like that uh, going into the playoffs, playing at a, at, at, a, at a high level and, and certainly with a great matchup. But this has just not been a good matchup for him. 
The Jets have handled him. If this was in New York, I'd be almost completely out on Tua. But uh, you need a, a, a healthy Tyreek Hill and a healthy offensive line, and he doesn't have either of those right now. So uh, you can probably find some other options ahead of Tua. Now, I wouldn't go the Joe Flacco route ahead of him, but if you have Tua and Brock Purdy or Tua and Justin Fields, I like those other guys better than Tua this week, for example. Jamie, Bills, Cowboys, like obviously the premier game, if not one of the premier games coming up this weekend. And I think, you know, like we, we know the, the quarterbacks are high profile, both maybe have a potential to win MVP at the end of the year. But especially in Dallas's case, like a lot of potential guys that you could play in DFS that you could play prop overs on, like how is Dak going to distribute the ball in this game? Okay, it's a really high total. Like, how is it going to get there? So like, obviously, like maybe the answer is like, I like everybody in this game. It's a really high total. It's Dallas, it's Buffalo, like could be fireworks from all positions. Are there specific players versus kind of how you think they're going to be projected that you like in this game, Dallas-Buffalo on Sunday? I think you kind of see the pass for Dallas and just the, the guys that are easy to rely on. Dak, like you said, having an MVP season. Um, C.D. Lamb has been a big part of that. Basically, since their bye week, those two guys have been in sync and producing numbers. You know, I don't think that we've seen in Dallas, maybe since, you know, Michael Irvin and Troy Aikman at that at that level. Um, they've just been that good. Uh, you know, maybe I guess Tony Romo and Terrell Owens had some good moments as well. Um, but I, in, in any event, you know, the, the way that those two guys are playing right now, they're must-starts no matter where they're playing, no matter who they're playing, you're not getting away from them. They've been better at home, but you still trust them on the road. And I think Tony Pollard, I love the fact that he had seven catches last week. So even though he split the work, the rushing down work with Rico Dowdle, uh, if they're going to use Tony Pollard in the passing game, that's going to be huge. And especially with some of the, the defensive injuries for Buffalo right now with Epineza and Micah Hyde being banged up, that's going to be big for that Dallas offense. Um, Jake Ferguson's become a must-start tight end, and Brandon Cooks I think is just more – uh, matchup dependent. This isn't one of those matchups where I think it's a slam dunk, but if he's been your number three receiver in a three receiver league, there's no reason to get away from him just based on how Dak has been playing. On the other side, Josh Allen, must-star guy. Um, Stephon Diggs, despite his struggles, still a must-star guy. And then James Cook, really, since the coordinator change, has been a must-star guy. You know, uh, Joe Brady's done wonderful things. He's been 15-plus touches in three straight games, involved in the passing game. So while this is a brutal matchup, Dallas has been great against opposing running backs. I'm not sitting James Cook. He's not a top-ten guy like he might have been if this matchup was better based on the last three weeks. Uh, but I still think you're looking at him as, as as a solid number two running back. Really, you get away from Gabe Davis at this point, three games of his last five with no catches, and we got to see if Dalton Kincaid's healthy. That's a big part of that Buffalo offense as well. Yeah, I got Kincaid in a couple leagues, and I'm going to be putting in waiver claims on Dawson Knox than I were available, which sucks, but like kind of like, is what it is. Jamie, let's close with this. We have about a minute to go. Outside of like the Bills and the Cowboys, point total in that game is 50-and-a-half. You just talked about it. Is there another game that you are eyeing as a potential, as our guy Adam Azer would call it, a fantasy bonanza coming up this week, which obviously means the game would likely go over the total as well. Maybe it's the Rams and the Commanders. Maybe it's another game that you like where you're like, I think we're going to see high scoring, a lot of points from both teams in the game which game is that and why here in about a minute yeah no you, you reference it it's it's the commander's rams game uh love the rams right now obviously matthew stafford's playing fantastic uh three straight games over 29 fantasy points so puka nakua and, and cooper cup look back kieran williams those guys are all must-star guys and then for the commanders you know they're going to throw the ball a lot uh another good waiver wire pickup potentially is antonio gibson with brian robinson with the hamstring injury but it's hard to peg one of the washington receivers at this point but Curtis Samuel is another guy you could pick up off waivers. So that game's got a lot of potential. I really hope it's going to be a lot of the Rams, though, just based on how that offense is clicking right now and a lot of people looking at those guys as must-start fantasy options. Just like, like 30 seconds here, McLaurin coming off a goose egg in the last game, Washington's blowout loss against Miami, like complained about it after the game. Do you think this is like a squeaky wheel a game coming up for McLaurin on Sunday in like 10 seconds? Absolutely can be, but he's no more than a number three receiver at this point. Uh, who scores more points, more fantasy points, and has more yards and more touchdowns on Sunday? Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua? 
I'm going back to Cooper Cup. He looks like he's uh, he's he's back to being 80% of himself, and I think he'll score more touchdowns. Who is a better fantasy football player, me or Will Brinson? <laughs> you never go with Will, so I'm going to go with you. The Jamie, with the, with the right answer there. Kind of like Smart. telling Ken's making great bets, telling me I'm a great fantasy player. On this show, flattery will get you everywhere. Jamie on Twitter, at Jamie Eisenberg. Check him out on CBS Sports HQ. Check out Fantasy Football Today in podcast form with our pals Adam Azer, Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, and more. My friend, we sincerely appreciate it. Stay well. Good luck with all the leagues this weekend, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. I just, I'm just glad to be on a real phone call finally, so thank you for letting me do that. That's the great Jamie, as opposed to the fake phone calls. And there are there are some of those, according to some people. Yeah. That's an inside joke that I'll talk about during the break. So thanks to our pal Jamie Eisenberg for stopping by. On the other side, we'll welcome in one of our BetQL Network teammates, someone we haven't heard from on the show. Former NFL linebacker, Super Bowl champion Brandon Marshall, who hosts on Sundays on our network, stops by next, talking the Broncos and the Lions and the rest of the slate coming up in Week 15. <laughs> Wilson has all day here. Now he's going to take a deep shot. Sutton in the end zone. And Cortland Sutton makes the catch for a touchdown. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. That's our pal Andrew Cavill on with the call this past Sunday as the Broncos take down the Chargers 24-7. to setting up a really high-leverage game on Saturday night as the Broncos will visit the Detroit Lions. We will talk about that game and the rest of the slate, Week 15 in the NFL, coming up in a moment with our BetQL Network teammate, host of Inside the Betting Lions, alongside Adam Candy, Sundays from 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern, Super Bowl champion, linebacker of the Denver Broncos. Brandon Marshall will stop by with us here in just a moment on the show. But, Ken, before we welcome Brandon in... um, our BetQL Network team was a really cool Super Bowl champion. Uh, we do have breaking news in the National Football League as it impacts the games this weekend, and not a huge surprise. We talked about this yesterday, but it is official. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings have named Nick Mullins their starting quarterback for Saturday's game on the road in Cincinnati, which I think like everyone could kind of see coming after Josh Dobbs got benched in the fourth quarter of what at the time was a 0-0 game. And uh, Mullins comes in, leads them to a field goal. They win the game 3 nothing, And there was talk that the Vikings would bench Dobbs, you know, obviously prior to the game after the stinker he put up on Monday night a couple weeks ago against the Bears. So it's official, Ken. Nick Mullins starts for the Vikings on the road in Cincy. Uh, anything happening with the side in total in this game change the way you kind of think about the game? I mean, you're seeing the board light up a little bit on the game, but not anything I think that's like indicative of this announcement. I think there's just like a couple people bet Cincinnati a little bit. And so the market for this game is actually really stable still, partly because I think A, we were all expecting this and B, is there a big difference here? So it's just it's, you know, it's one of those quarterback announcements where like, okay, if it's like Tim Boyle to Zach Wilson market, you know, you figured because when Boyle was announced, the Jets got bet against. When Wilson's announced in, the Jets are going to get played on. Uh, quarterback Justin Herbert to Easton Stick, that was baked into the market. But people get the idea, like a, a quarterback that causes a massive difference. This market's just not going to be like that, I think. So Cincinnati's still a three and a half point home favorite in the game. There's not been a move in the market yet. Obviously, if stuff happens in the next, you know, hour or so, basically, like sometimes this stuff takes a little bit to get into the market. We'll update it then. The total in the game, 38 and a half, 39. Uh, So just like, 
you know, not a ton of movement, basically, based on what we've seen so far. Obviously, like, doesn't doesn't mean it can't affect your handicap of the game. Like, obviously, if you think Mullins is a big upgrade over Josh Dobbs and what we've seen, then you might be more likely to bet the Vikings to win the game or bet the Vikings to cover the game. Uh, just kind of, it's going to get subjective. It's going to be like, how do you, do you think Nick Mullins is a big upgrade? Do you think it's, do you think Josh Dobbs was really that bad? That's part of it. But yeah, the market's still holding Bengals three and a half, total about 38 and a half, 39. And we'll talk more about this game over the course of the week. Nick Mullins, again, will start for the Minnesota Vikings coming up on Saturday. We'll get back to our handicap week 15 in the NFL coming up about 15 minutes from now. we got six games we still have to hit, including my Giants on the road at the New Orleans Saints. But right now, it is a pleasure to welcome into the show one of our newest teammates here on the BetQL Network. And I think this is kind of like a really great moment for us here on the network when you could have Super Bowl champion, member of the Denver Broncos all-decade team from last decade, starter on the Super Bowl 15 champion Denver Broncos, former NFL linebacker Brandon Marshall, be part of our network, one of our teammates. Brandon is the co-host of Inside the Betting Lines, a live betting extravaganza Sundays from 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern during all the games with our friend Adam Candy. He is on Twitter at Marsh with two H's at the end. Brandon, what's going on, man? Uh, welcome to the network, obviously. I know you've been doing the show all season, but great to have you here. So welcome from myself, Nick Costos, my co-host, Ken Barkley. It's great to have you. How's it going? Man, going pretty good, man. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, you know, it's, it's great to be a part of the team, man. So, you know, everything's going well. Brandon, I'm curious. We spent a lot of time the first hour of the show talking about both games last night. Obviously, like two really dramatic games, the Giants and, and Tommy DeVito and whatever that's going to be. They beat the Packers. But then also, like the Miami Dolphins, like a, a really surprising loss. They're up 14 with three minutes left. And I think part of our conversation was – like, what are the Dolphins going to be the rest of the season? One of their offensive linemen, Connor Williams, was declared out for the year a little while ago. Not sure if you saw that. Tyreek Hill day-to-day with his ankle injury. Mm-hmm. You know, I think some people have thought maybe Super Bowl champ for this team. Then it's kind of like, all right, can they beat anybody good? Are they even like a good playoff? Like, where where is Miami for you kind of in the context of the AFC off last night's game? I mean, you know, for me, it's like, you know, they have a lot of flash. You know what I'm saying? They have a lot of flash, but not a lot of substance as a team. You know what I mean? So when it comes to me, I, I think obviously they have a great offense. They have talent everywhere. They even have talent, you know, on defense, you know, they have corners, you know, they, they have good um, – sorry, I got these dogs. They, they got corners. They, they have <laughs> <you> know, okay. <laughs> good defensive ends. You know, they have obviously speed everywhere, but the situation is when it comes down to it, they never win the big game, right? Last night wasn't a big game for them, but at the end of the day, it's a winnable game and they have to win that – to show you know who they are as far as when it, when it comes in the AFC. Also, they had a chance to, they still have a chance to obviously get the number one seed. They lost last night, kind of hinders them on that. So you know, to me, I never saw them as a Super Bowl contender or you know, or even somebody who can potentially make the Super Bowl because they just cannot win the big game and they can't um, beat them. You know, first of all, they beat themselves a lot. And we certainly saw that last night, like blowing a 27-13 lead to Will Levis and the Titans at home was pretty nuts. Uh, We'll do some more games coming up. I know we'll ask you about the Broncos and the Lions game on Saturday. But just curious, Brandon, like you obviously you, you played for a long time. You won a Super Bowl, all-decade team last decade for the Denver Broncos. And now you're talking about sports betting for four hours on and every single NFL Sunday on our network. Kind of like, what's that What's that transition been like? Like, talking about betting, betting on games, obviously, on Sunday, now that you're retired and no longer playing. Like, how, how are you liking it? Kind of like, how, how are you finding this whole experience right now? Well, for me, you know, I'm more the analyst. You know, I, I leave Adam Candy up, you know, to talk about all the handicapping. You know, that's that's his specialty 
you know, my specialty is the game, the in-game adjustments, you know, everything that involves football. But, you know, as far as the betting aspect of it, I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? I'm learning. Um, you know, I understand it's, it's a, you know, well, first of all, my sports betting career, I'm probably, you know, 0-2 with my parlays. So, I, you know, I kind of put it down, you know. But obviously talking to, to, to Adam and, you know, being on the show and, you know, listening and locking in more, I, I you know, absolutely, you know, going to give it another go again. But the transition has been seamless as far as just talking ball because, you know, I was somebody who was, who was you know, a, a, a pretty cerebral player. You know, I understood, you know, the X's and O's. I understood what it took, you know, um, you know, to win a game or to win matchups and what happens in games, halftime, you know, different things like that. So, you know, I know the game, you know, hands down, in and out. Um, but the sports betting aspect, that's where it's like, you know, that's kind of getting me. You know, that's kind of getting me. So I'm open to any tips if y'all got any any kind of tips for me, man. I mean, just, you know, if you got anything, sure. let me know. Well, yeah, I think, you know, like if, if you think anything about any games as you're watching them and you're like, this team's about to, you know, you're watching last night, you think, you know, I think the Titans are about to come back from 14. Maybe like shoot us a text, be like, hey, I'm watching the adjustments. I'm like seeing what the coaches are doing. Vrabel's doing something, whatever, like live betting, halftime betting. This seems like this might be a area of expertise for you based on kind of what you said, your expertise, like being a player for song and being a cerebral player. As you mentioned, I, we ask you about some specific games, Brandon, but I'm, I'm sure you've been paying attention to the MVP conversation a little bit. And this goes to last night too like Tua and Tyreek both lose Tyreek gets hurt in the game so he's unable to put up the kind of numbers that he's been putting up recently and so it seems like if you look at the betting market at least Brock Purdy and Dak Prescott are like your two big favorites for most valuable player you got Lamar Jackson behind them you have some other Josh Allen some other players behind them do you see it that way now like if I tell you Brock Purdy is going to be the MVP of the league I think I, you know I've seen some TV with a lot of players who kind of roll their eyes at that that like he can be the MVP of the league with all the players on their team where do you come down on kind of that MVP argument Dak Purdy and everybody else well, when it comes to Purdy, first of all, I'm a Brock Purdy fan, but I'm rolling my eyes too, you know, if I'm being honest with you. I'm not saying that, obviously, he's playing great. You know, let, let's, let's, let's just, you know, put that out there. He's playing great. The thing is, when you talk about most valuable player, right, the most valuable player to that team, and it's tough because when I look at the San Francisco 49ers, I look at them as almost like a plug-and-play situation at the quarterback position. Now, obviously, Purdy still has to make the throws. He still has to, you know, fit the ball in tight windows and, make certain decisions, right? But at the end of the day, I don't think Brock Purdy uh, is, should be the MVP front runner. I know I think he is at this moment. You know, I'm looking more at, at like a Dak Prescott, you know, Lamar Jackson. You know, if, if, if you take those guys away from that team, you know, they probably won't make the playoffs. You know, if, if you take Brock Purdy away from the team and put Jimmy Garoppolo back in, maybe even Sam Darnold, right? I'm not saying they're going to be 10-3, but they may be, you know, Eight and five, for sure. You know what I'm saying? And and that's just, you know, how I truly feel about it. So, you know, Brock Purdy's playing fantastic, man. I, I actually hope the Niners, you know, uh, you know, are playing in Allegiant Stadium over here, you know, when it comes February. But I don't think he should be uh, in the MVP conversation. You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken. I that that made a lot of people really happy, that answer. Maybe even my co-host. You better, you bet with Nick and Ken here on Tuesday. We're talking the National Football League with our BetQL Network teammate, Super Bowl champion linebacker Brandon Marshall. You can catch him on Sundays with the Candy Man, Adam Candy, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern time inside the betting lines here on the BetQL Network. Brandon, if the San Francisco 49ers are the best team in football, in your opinion, which is the second best team in football right now? Ooh, second best team, I'm going to have to go Baltimore. 
You know, Baltimore has a, a top two defense in the NFL. You know, I think right. I think it's the Cleveland Browns and then Baltimore as far as you know best defenses. You know, uh, Baltimore they just find ways to win, right? They find ways to win. I, I think Lamar Jackson's playing extremely well this year. Um, they know how to run the football, and to be honest with you, they just know how to win. And they got good special teams. So I'm gonna go Baltimore second. And uh, I think, you know, that Baltimore, I can't wait for that Baltimore-San Francisco matchup in, coming in uh, next week. I, I really can't wait for that. It's going to be a, a, a battle of heavyweights, so we're going to really see where they are. And the thing about Lamar Jackson, he's 19-1 against NFC teams, right? So he's had their number. So, you know, as far as, you know, whatever he plays the NFC team, you saw what he, what he did against the Lions earlier this season. So, you know, right now I'm, I'm going to have to give it to Baltimore cause, just because they find ways to win. Brandon, let me ask you about the, the Broncos game coming up on Saturday. Obviously, all three games on Saturday, pretty interesting, but the night game has a, a ton of intrigue. Denver obviously has a chance to make the playoffs still uh, in a few weeks, can obviously win some games here, beat the Chargers at the end of the year again, might find themselves in the playoffs, and the Lions kind of kind of struggling as late. I, I think a lot of betters, Brandon, look at this as an opportunity for the Lions to kind of get back on track. They have a home game, like Jared Goff has not been very good on the road this year, so the betters have been betting the Lions out, so they were favored by about four, four and a half. Now it's like a five and a half point spread so a lot of interest in the lions and i think what's perceived as a bounce back situation do you see it that way the broncos have played really well the last few weeks really the last couple months if i tell you the lions have to win this game by a touchdown basically to cover the spread what kind of game do you see on saturday night you know look one thing about the broncos man they, they've been a tough out you know they've uh they've created a lot of turnovers within the past you know five games or four games you know uh, i want to say they're are they six in six in you know, six and seven in their last, you know, uh, out of the last seven games, right? They won six out of the last seven. You know, at first they was giving up, I want to say, 36 points per game on defense. And they've literally only been giving up 17 points. This team is a tough out. They're playing good defense. They're turning the ball over. And, uh, you know, Russell Wilson is making, you know, good sound plays. Now, I guess Houston obviously threw three interceptions. So, you know, that kind of hindered him a little bit. But at the end of the day, this team is playing fantastic, right? Now, obviously, if you look at things objectively, you think, and we know that the Lions are a better team. They're absolutely a better team, for sure. They have more talent. They're a better team. But at the end of the day, I think you just can't discount the way that the Broncos are playing and how hot they are right now and what the kind of streak that they're on. You know, ultimately, they got to go in Detroit and win, the, and win the football game, right, which is tough. Okay, that the Lions are a tough team, and the Lions are actually one of the best teams in the NFC and in the NFL. So it's going to be a tough game. But uh, I can, you know, I could absolutely see the Lions still winning. You know, I think the Broncos could still, you know, after the last four games, I think they can win three of them. You got Patriots, Chargers, Raiders, Lions. I can think they can go three out of four, you know, and end up being, what, 10 and seven. I can absolutely see that. I think that can happen. Um, but the Lions going to have to bring their lunch pail to work because the, the Broncos won't be an easy out. Brandon, in, in 10 seconds, if the Lions win the game, will they win the game by six points or more, or will it be a close game? It'd be a close game. Oh, I think Broncos close country. Game. I think Broncos country. Yeah, no, let's I think, ride. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's ride. I think it'll be a close game just because they've only been getting up 17 points per game. They've been, you know, shutting the run down. They've been playing good on defense, so it'll be a close game. Listen, we, I, I want to have you on a lot more because this is this is really awesome to get like the player perspective, especially because you played so recently. Like so we definitely want to yeah. do this a lot more. Now look. You don't have to be right about this, Brandon, in order for us to have you back on the show like next week, even, but it wouldn't hurt. For sure. Pick the winner of the game on Sunday here. And about we only have about 30 seconds left here. Pick the winner okay. of the game on Sunday and tell us why in 30 seconds 
the Bills or the Cowboys in Buffalo? 30 seconds for the answer. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going Bills. I'm going Bills because I still don't, I'm still not a, a full believer in, 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 uh, in the Cowboys yet. I know they beat the Eagles, but I'm going Bills. Bills are in desperation mode. I think the Bills get it done. It's amazing, right? How like so, Brandon, right? Former, what won a Super Bowl championship? Telling you, like, doesn't yeah. believe in Miami, doesn't believe in Dallas, and there are a lot of betters and fans that feel the exact same way that Brandon does. Brandon, this was awesome, man. It's great to have you on our team. And look, like, here's the problem, right? You come on the show and you're really good, and you bring a great perspective. And uh, and now we're gonna ask you to come back on like next week. So we look forward uh, to I'm that. Man. <laughs> Well, I, I hope so. That's cool with me. Really yeah, awesome. We hope so. That, all right. Uh, he's on Twitter, at B Marsh, with two H's at the end. And be sure to catch him along with the candy man, Adam Candy, 5 to 9 p.m. Eastern time, NFL Sundays with Inside the Betting Lines. Brandon, appreciate it, man. Enjoy the games this weekend. Have a great show, and we'll talk to you real soon, all right? Sounds good. You too. Have a good one. Brandon Marshall here with us on You Better, You Bet. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. And, uh, we, and we definitely got to get Brandon back on the show. Good stuff. Uh, coming up next, Ken and I continue our handicap of Week 15 in the National Football League with P-squared, B-squared, and we will start with the battle for the Bay, Green Bay, and Tampa Bay. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. It's second down and six from the 11-yard line. Good snap, Mayfield looking. Throws the ball left to the there's a caught ball, caught ball, touchdown, Cade Tampa Otten. Bay. Cade Otten makes it over the shoulder catch, and the Bucs retake the lead. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. The legendary Gene Deckerhoff on the call of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio network. Touchdown, fire the cannons, touchdown, Tampa Bay. (laughs) One of the absolute legends in the field. Again, this is my, like, encyclopedic knowledge. Like, Alex wrote the name. I already know, working at NFL Radio for a decade, know all these guys, unless they're new, in which case I don't. But a great call by Gene Deckerhoff there. Great throw by Baker Mayfield. Comeback player of the year. Still alive for Baker Mayfield. Oh, man. We'll see. Don't don't tap me. Yeah. I'm the Joker. I got them all. You got the whole deck of candidates? Flip over a card. Oh, here's Baker Mayfield. Here's Matthew Stafford. Here's Joe Flacco. Here's Russell Wilson. Like, oh, oh I, I got them all. <laughs> I'm just loving it. You just, you know, keep stacking up these inactives for uh, for Demar Hamlin. Let's let's see what happens. I hope we get the conversation. I just want. I, you know, I, I felt I probably seemed so depressed last Thursday. What's talking the about meme this. like? We I need just, to start a dialogue. I feel like that's you right now. We need now. to start like, a dialogue. We need to start yeah. a dialogue. We do. I just. uh Let's let's challenge some opinions. Let's like let's have this open discourse. Like, is this real? Is this really what is this what the award's supposed to be? Is that really what it is? Um, do we give the awards to people who don't play, no matter how good the story is? I don't know. I just I, let's let's have the conversation. Like, I'm I just want kind of want to see how everybody else responds. I want to be in the middle of this thing. I I think it could get really interesting. Still need uh still need one of these guys I think to really take off down the stretch. But you got a couple potential options. I think Odell Beckham certainly in that mix as well. Um, these guys who play great for playoff teams, teams that are going to be in the mix for the next month, while the favorite for the award is literally inactive and not playing every game. I think it could set up an interesting conversation. I don't have to be right. I think it could set up an interesting conversation. And, and just like what I said this uh, yesterday about Beckham, just my opinion. I think he's going nuclear down the stretch. And like this might be, we might get like a Rams type situation where people will remember that have listened to and watched the show for oh, a long man. time. Oh man, the good old days. 
Yeah. Just, just banging Odell Beckham overs basically in every single game until he like tore his ACL in the Super Bowl. He might have been the MVP of the Super Bowl. Cup ended up winning it on the same team, but I mean Beckham was electric in that game before he tore his ACL and down the stretch. I feel like we're maybe not going to get the same level of performance from Beckham that we got then, but I mean I think he's going to exceed expectations big time coming up down the stretch for the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the highlight coming back from break though was uh, Baker Mayfield to Kate Otten to beat the Atlanta Falcons this past Sunday. We'll talk about Tampa's game against Green Bay on Sunday in a second, but I want to remind our live audience here, especially on Stadium, Tony Baselli, Pro Football Hall of Famer, Westwood One NFL analyst, stops by next hour on the show. Power Hour, final hour, will feature all our bets coming up for tonight. But for now, Jake, bring the music up. We got six more games, Ken, to hit over the course of the rest of the- to finish our handicap week. 15 oh, is that all? In the NFL. Just six? And that, that, that's, <laughs> that's it. And uh, and we will start the Battle of the Bays. And just, I just remember back, you know, 11-year-old Nick Costos in 1994. Giants start 3-0 and with Dave Brown and the late great Dan Reeves of two and a half fame. Then lose seven, three and seven. And then win their final six to go nine and seven. And in the final game of the season, the Giants needed Tampa Bay to beat Brett Favre and Green Bay in the Battle of the Bays to make the playoffs. And I remember watching NFL primetime and Berman introduced the highlight, Battle of the Bays, and I think the Packers beat them like 34-10, as, as you might imagine. An 11-year-old me was really upset, which is neither here nor there, but that's what I think of when Green Bay plays Tampa Bay. Uh, the Packers right now, they will host this game coming off the Monday Night Loss, and right now, like, the, the Buccaneers are in first place with tiebreakers in the NFC South. The Bucks, the Saints, and the Falcons, all 6-7. and seven. Tampa right now atop the division. Green Bay, in between, a 3-3.5-point and three and a half point home favorite against Tampa. The total is 41.5. And, and obviously, like, we'll be monitoring injury stuff in this game, both with the Bucks on defense, where they've been down Jamel Dean and Devin White for a couple weeks. Vita Vea missed last week's game. And for Green Bay, number one receiver, Christian Watson. Number one running back, Aaron Jones. No, Aaron Jones, number one cornerback, Jair Alexander, all missed Monday night. Uh, so I think the injury report, Ken, may play a factor into how we handicap this game as we move along in the week. How do you feel right now, though, about Green Bay and Tampa Bay on Sunday from Lambeau? Well, first of all, I mean, I think you, you absolutely just, like, hit a, hit the nail on the head. Like, you absolutely, like, you hit it perfectly in terms of what's going to guide line movement throughout this week. Impactful, significant players for both teams have the potential to both play or miss the game. And the game is currently around the key number of three. And, I, and honestly, it might dictate which side of three we end up on. If like one team's really, really negative with their injury report, one team's really positive. But that's kind of the zone we're going to live in. Like Packers are favored. It's going to be about a field goal or a little more. And then the injury reports are going to cause this thing to kind of move in a variety of directions. Or both teams get good injury reports. Both teams get bad ones. And we, and we stayed the same. But just like there's more going on here from an injury standpoint maybe in a couple of the other games that we're going to talk about so i totally agree with kind of how you introduced that also like what a just another classic example just like what a difference one game makes in the perception of a team look aheads on this game were like squarely more than a field goal not budging packers give you like a bad performance jordan love gives you a bad performance now the three and a halfs all get bad everywhere now it's like three minus 20 in a bunch of places like it just you get that a little bit you always get that little bit of interest either fading the team that just gave you the bad performance on the team that gave you a good one, especially that Monday night standalone game. It's so funny how these markets work where like, are the Packers worse or is it just, this is how football is. And it's just every week. It just, you're not quite sure what you're going to get, but you do have like a baseline expectation for a team. So I, I've always kind of been the opinion that I, I thought 
the three and a half was like closer to the right number in the game with the Packers at home, especially like I also this was me coming into the week. Uh, and also, you're never really quite sure what kind of a weather forecast you're going to get in this game. You got a team from Florida going to Lambeau Field to play in what might be, you know, like a blizzard. It turns out the weather for this game, at least right now, is not going to be particularly impactful. It's like 42 and sunny right now on Sunday in Green Bay with minimal wind. December, December, uh, you know, whatever this game is going to be, 17th, 18th, whatever. That's about the best forecast you could possibly hope for. Um, I think if it's 3-1-10 and it's, it's, there's a lot of ifs here, right? If it's 3-1-10 and everyone for the Packers isn't out and everyone for the Bucks isn't in, then like, yeah, I think about betting Green Bay in the game. I think at exactly three, but like, it's a lot of this is going to be a lot of like, if then statements about injuries. Uh, I don't want Tampa at three or less, no matter who plays. I definitely don't want to make that bet. Uh, I would maybe consider three and a half, like depending on the injury reports that we get. So it's going to be this kind of like dance that we have sometimes around the key number of three with injuries. And, you know, it's it's one team if it's this, it's the other team if it's this. That's how this game sets up for me. I, I agree. Look, it's got to be, depending on injuries, it feels like it's a Packers or nothing spot here with the number being where it's at right now. And look, like, it, it's Matt, Matt LaFleur and, and Todd Bowles. And like, good on Todd Bowles for guiding the Bucks to first place in the NFC South at this point in the season, just like... Okay. Um, also, it'd be really nice if the Packers got Christian Watson and or Aaron Jones back. I actually think Watson means more because, like, A.J. Dillon's been okay. Patrick Taylor's been okay. Watson's the alpha in that receiving core. When he's right, he's ridiculously good. And we can also can have a total conversation over the total conversation. Like, if uh, if Watson and Jones both play and, like, the Bucks' defense is still banged up— and like Tommy DeVito and the Giants had like six yards per play last night. Maybe the total yeah. a little low at 42, but we can't have that conversation until we find out what's happening injury-wise, which we will start to find out tomorrow. All right, so we'll go from the Packers and the Buccaneers, and we'll go to the AF Ken with the Titans and the Texans, where the Titans are getting bet right now. I don't know about this very second, but over the course of the last few hours. So Tennessee has the big fourth quarter, like late comeback against Miami to win. By the way, man, Will Levis doesn't look like he, he misses many days in the gym. Dude is is jacked. Got veins on top Loves of veins coming people. out of his muscles. Can't wait to hit people. <laughs> yeah, probably would hit Brandon Marshall if you saw him. God, Did yeah. you see it? I don't know how well that would go for him. Did you see the the Vrabel quote from his press conference today? Uh, he got asked about, like, hey, like, Will, like, are you going to try and, like, teach Will Levis to slide? He's like, yeah, we're going to show him videos of, uh, of quarterbacks sliding and, like, using the rules to their advantage and other quarterbacks not and getting the bleep knocked out of them. And, like, the entire press room laughs. Uh, to be fair, Levis kind of dishes it out. It looks like Derrick Henry running the football sometimes. So the big piece of injury news in this game is obviously C.J. Stroud for the Texans, who remains today in concussion protocol. We'll see if he's cleared and is able to start this game. If not... It'll be Davis Mills, who to his credit has started like a million games in the NFL. It is likely, Ken, that the Titans will be without Jeffrey Simmons, their stud defensive tackle, for another week. Also, like the defense held up pretty well against Miami last night. So Tennessee, in between now, a two and a half and a three, two and a half and three point home favorite. Total in the game is 38. How do you want to bet the AFC South here with the Titans and the Texans? Well, I mean, another classic, like what a difference a week makes. And the Stroud injury is obviously a big part of this point spread, too, but you know, I think a little, a lot of people uh, a little more confident in clicking the button on Tennessee after what they saw last night. Even the final three minutes, like, guides a little bit of it, and I think a lot of people can be sour on Houston because, not just because of how they played against the Jets, but like, the injury report. So you mentioned Stroud, and then, like, these, I think the the practice reports this week will be really interesting. Uh, Nico Collins, Schultz, 
Will Anderson, who when we get to Thursday and talk about defensive rookie of the year, like had an opportunity to kind of gain on Jalen Carter, was unable to take advantage of it, get hurts his ankle in the second half of the game. And uh, and just, you know, is, I think a lot of people are like, is that award done? So just like these are, but I mean, think about it for Houston, star quarterback, uh, best available wide receiver, best edge rusher, like, gee, that's all? Why not everybody else? Like that's the most impactful injuries you could possibly have. Like, I, I just, doesn't this number seem like it's not done? If this is like, it's if it's as pessimistic as we think, and these guys are like, let's say they all miss. Say Stroud's out and it's Davis Mills. Nico Collins doesn't going to play. Will Anderson, maybe it's like 50-50 goes up to the game. Titans going to get all the way to three in this game? Kind of seems like it. Kind of seems like that's where we're headed right now. My question would be, does it make it to three Stroud. and a half, Ken? That would be my question. If all maybe. those guys miss, is it three Is it three and a half? Right. And obviously Stroud will be the most impactful one. And that's built it. Like, we're not saying that's not in this number and it, it will be if he misses. Like, that's a big Tennessee's favorite in the game by almost a field goal. Of course, Stroud's absence is partly factored in here. But these are always like they're not halfway numbers. They can be somewhere on the spectrum. We're not at a full Davis Mills number yet. I think we're definitely not at a full Davis Mills and no Collins and no Will Anderson number. I don't know if it gets to three and a half. Just that's so big to go through the key number of three. But I do think like three is very possible here. And I'll just be honest, like in these kind of late season situations, like I, I kind of like to play against stuff like this sometimes. Like I, maybe Davis Mills is bad. Maybe he's he definitely not as good as CJ Stroud. Three dog, like Tennessee doesn't have to just keep a game close against a guy or 14 last night. They just have to keep a game close, be plucky. They got like put away another team. Like you really want to trust them to do that on a points in a point spread type bet. Like again, this is like the Packers when the, when the, when the bar is changed, when the expectations are different, like, that's a lot different in a betting market. Packers had to destroy the Giants last night to cover that number. Titans might have to put, like really blow out Houston to cover a lot of the numbers in this game, too. Uh, Houston or nothing, maybe tease, maybe play them at three. We'll see. Also, like if, if Stroud doesn't play and Nico Collins doesn't play, I, I, I feel like the, the total needs to be a couple points lower than it is right now. We'll talk a little bit more about this on the other side. We'll continue breaking down Week 15 in the NFL and a conversation as well coming up next hour with Pro Football Hall of Famer, the great Tony Baselli.